Hello everyone. Before we start today's podcast, some exciting news for you. You can experience the Inside Politics podcast live in Dublin on May 16th when Hugh Linehan, Jennifer Bray and I will be joined by Cliff Young of Ipsos, one of America's top pollsters, to talk about the US election, our own local and European elections and much more. It's a breakfast event kicking off at 8am in Trinity College. If you'd like to attend, you can get tickets at irishtimes.com forward slash events. That's irishtimes.com forward slash events. I hope we see lots of you there. It's Monday, February the 10th, and you're very welcome to the Inside Politics podcast from the Irish Times. I'm Hugh Linehan. I'm joined by our political editor, Pat Leahy. Hi, Pat. Morning, Hugh. It's been quite a weekend in Irish politics. Uh, In a few minutes' time, Pat and myself are going to talk about the results and what they mean. But first today, we are going to do something a little bit different. We want to give you an insider's view of how the election weekend unfolded here in the Irish Times. So it started on Saturday evening. It's 29 minutes past nine on Saturday evening. Usually a very quiet time indeed in the Irish Times newsroom because there's no paper, obviously, on a Sunday. But this evening it's a little bit busier. Pat Leahy is here. You've been here for a couple of hours, Pat? I've been here for a good chunk of the day. I missed the match. And when did you start seeing numbers coming through? Okay, so normally we would see some numbers beginning to trickle in late afternoon to give us a guide on what is coming. But at that stage, the numbers were slow coming through from the pollsters and also the pollsters were doing a double check on everything because the numbers they were getting through were so extraordinary. So a um, little bit later than usual, coming up to half seven, eight o'clock, uh, I had a conversation with Damien Losher from MRBI and his view at that stage was that their numbers that were coming through from their uh, sampling points all over the country were showing um, the parties all bunched together 21, 22, 23 for the three big parties. About an hour later, I spoke to him. The position had changed slightly and the numbers he was giving me at that stage were uh, 22, 22, 22 for each of the big parties. Now, there's still some work to be done and they stopped sampling at nine o'clock. They're processing those numbers now and they'll have to wait them. And so, so we have written our... We've written our stories on the basis of that 22, 22, 22 extraordinary <laughs> result, it, it, it really. A, and we may we may have to tweak in the next few minutes. It so. has a certain elegant symmetry to it, nice for headlines? Well, it is nice for headlines. It may change uh, over the next 10, 15 minutes or so, and uh, so it's all you know, pretty fraud. We're heading over now to our digital desk where our digital editor, Paddy Logue, is putting those numbers into the system and the team are putting the graphics together. So this graphic... Is okay. I think we should do decimal places in it. Okay. Look at it. Look at where decimal. I mean, unless decimal place changes the. the yeah. See, see. I think we will keep we'll keep the twenty two in it, right? But if the decimal, if so, if decimal place is twenty two point eight or point nine, we'd put it in rather than change it to twenty three. Do you know what I mean? Okay. We did decimal places the last time. Okay. Okay. And given that there was such scrutiny on the margin of yeah, error yeah, and yeah, all yeah, that, yeah. you know, okay. and then, like, this thing will be spawned within yeah. the issue so, life, you know, so. Who's doing that, Paddy? Uh, is Paul it Scott. Paul Scott. Okay, so. We'll have, a, we'll have a final results in five minutes. Finnegan, what was 7.9? Green. 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 Labour, 4.6. Yeah. Social Democrats, 3.4. Yeah. People Before Profit, 2.8. Okay. Independents and others, 14.5. Wow. Independents, 14.5? Yes. Yeah. 
So margin of error, yeah. 1.3%. Wow. So I will read that again. Fianna Fáil, 22.2. Yes. Fianna Gael, 22.4. Yes. Sinn Féin, 22.3. Yes. Green, 7.9. Yes. Labour, 4.6. Yes. SD, 3.4. Yes. SPP, 2.8. Yes. 14.5 for Indos. Yes. Independence and others, because yeah. that has... Yeah, and others, yeah. Yeah. and 1.3% is margin of error. Total, total sample, 5376. Harry, what are the greens? <coughs> greens are at 7.9. Uh, you get a lot, Dean. Yeah, yeah. 4.6. I'm going with the 10 o'clock, Democrats, 3.6. Yeah. Let's go to 10 o'clock. And independence yeah. and others. 14.5. I haven't got them in my piece. 14.5 is fine. That's fine. It's fine. Okay. Do, they, do, they, do those deaths need to put your What happens is we press the button at 10 o'clock, um, as do RTE. Uh, we have an RT camera crew here, you're going to talk to them at 10 o'clock? Yeah, so RT doing special results programme, I think they will announce, uh, we'll announce them on irishtimes.com at 10 o'clock, people will see a push note on their phones at that stage, RT will also announce them both live on air and they'll send out their own, uh, they'll send out their own push note, our pieces detailing what the result is and setting out uh, setting out what we think it means will be published at 10 o'clock and uh, yeah and I'll, I'll, I'll talk to RT then at that stage. Good evening and welcome to election 2020. The polls close in... We got it? Can we tweet now? Are you okay from We can show party support now and uh, as you can see... There we go, okay. Fine Gael, 22.4%, Sinn Féin, 22.3%, Fianna Fáil, 22.2%, the Greens on 79 Labour on 46 Social... Screaming to you now, they're going to come to you. Yeah. Well, it, that's absolutely extraordinary, David. We've never seen a general election result like it. Basically, a statistical tie... So that's it. The exit poll is up. Most people here are ready to go home, but we have to go in now and record the Election Daily podcast. Ready? Three, two, one. This is Election Daily, the series from the Inside Politics podcast team. So we're wrapping it up here on Saturday night, Pat. We'll be back in on Sunday, which is a big day of counts. How do you think the numbers we saw this evening are going to unfold in the actual counts? Well, I'm glad you've given me uh, an easy question last thing at night, Hugh. Okay, so look, we have the num- we have the exit poll numbers and listeners are probably bored with the caveats that we have entered with them about there being a margin of error, about their... The translation into seat numbers, which is what really matters, uh, being unpredictable, asymmetrical and unlikely to become apparent until later counts start rolling in. It's the winners and losers of this thing. The margins are going to be very tight. It's going to be last seats in every constituency will be important. They're not just unpollable. At this stage, they're kind of unpredictable. So I think it's going to be a long count with a lot of twists and turns in it. It's early in the day, but the tallies rolling in from 39 constituencies are showing some striking trends. Sinn Féin is on course to pick up seats in parts of the country where it's never held them before. And it's likely yeah, I mean, we don't know much yet, you know. It's Sunday morning and we're back in the office. It's been a very bad start to the day, very bad end to last night, a very bad start to the day for Fianna Fáil as they woke up to those numbers. I think there was a hope in Fianna Fáil they were going to outperform the polling numbers, maybe get to 25, 26, some 
party sources hoping they could get 27, 28%. That always looked quite optimistic for me, but certainly to come in at 22% is a disappointment for Fianna Fáil. It also means that the party's assumption in the last week that it would be the largest party in the next doll is certainly open to question. Now, they're still in the game for that, but if Fianna Fáil are going to be in government, they either have to go back in the promise about Fine Gael or go back in the promise uh, about Sinn Féin. Yep, so we're coming up to lunchtime and already we can see uh, the evidence of our exit poll from last night. There's been a spectacular showing by Sinn Féin and by my reckoning they're going to add at least 10 seats. It's a huge day and it is a historic day. One of the mistakes that we always make is that when there's a transformational change, we always think of it as permanent. And there is an element of permanence to it. Uh, we will look at this and say that Irish politics will never be the same again. But as we've seen in the past, we've seen very big swings in the past, 1992 with the Labour Party and again with 2011 with Fine Gael and the Labour Party. And you find that, that these things tend to kind of correct themselves or balance themselves out over time. I think the first big test of Sinn Féin in terms of its electoral stability will come when Sinn Féin is in government and then we will see kind of what its true level uh, will be uh, in the Irish political landscape. It's doing well at the moment because it's an opposition. Uh, it has really taken possession of the whole change phenomenon that was very evident during this election cycle and it has benefited from it. It could have benefited more if it was a bit more clever with its strategy but it's the big winner without any doubt of this election. So at this very early stage of the day, it looks like it's going to be a really big day out for Sinn Féin. Sinn Féin topping the poll in Dublin Central, topping the poll in Dublin Northwest. So in Dublin Central, as expected, Mary Lou MacDonald taking the lead. She has 36% of the vote, which is absolutely massive. And you'd have to think that they're kicking themselves that they didn't run another candidate in there because they could have certainly got another candidate over the line. In Dublin Northwest, Desi Ellis, more than 46% of the vote, another incredibly high vote and we've seen already here some some jubilant scenes some uh, some celebrations from his supporters talking and singing um, come out you black and tans got a bit of a ticking off from one or two members of staff after that telling him he's an elected representative and basically talking about decorum like i said Sinn Féin will be the story of the day uh, they look set to top the poll go east dublin bay north denise mitchell dublin south central cavan monaghan it's it's looking like a great day for them it's 2pm on Sunday and I'm just about to go into our regular daily conference when we look at where we stand online and plan ahead for tomorrow's newspaper. We don't usually go in here with a microphone, but this is a special day. Any smoke signals whatsoever on government formation? We've got some lines out on that, we'll see. I, that's what everyone's puzzling over and it's going, it's going to be impossible to answer by the end of the day because there'll be a lot of last seats still in. Yeah. So we have a whole piece on that inside that Pat is going to do, but uh, we'll put probably put some of that in. Yeah, we'll yeah. see if we can get, anybody to, if any, get anybody to come out. So we definitely will have as a few like rogue field fallers coming out for coalition of one sort or another, but I'm trying to do is see if Varadkar will come out and offer the grand coalition to Fianna Fáil, which is, I think, his next move. But are the Fianna Fáil roads predictable roads or new roads? Are we talking about uh, a mixture of uh, both. <laughs> if Michal hasn't done as well as anticipated, it's harder for him to see that off. Well, his route 
his route to government, yeah, he's damaged so, and therefore it's uh, it's, it's harder to do. But his his preferred two routes to government are more or less shut off. So, Damien, I presume you want to burn all the predictions that you gave to our listeners there a few days ago. There's certainly quite a lot of them that. Uh, that have definitely not come true because of the Sinn Féin surge. I was looking back over some of the bets that I had on a few of the candidates and uh, they're looking fairly dodgy now anyway. Oh dear, I'm sorry to hear that. But there's one constituency in particular, I thought, given that it's your constituency and you stated with great confidence that Sinn Féin didn't have a hope there. In a way, it's symptomatic of the whole election. Absolutely. I really didn't see Tipperary, uh, see Brown coming in. Uh, Even when you drive around the constituency, there's very few posters up for him Loads of posters up for Mary Lou, for Sinn Féin, very few for the actual candidate. He's a Cashel-based non-councillor because he lost his seat in the council elections last year and now he's going to be a TD. And we convinced him in very, very large numbers that we are the alternative, that we are the vehicle for change. I'm a Democrat. I listen to the people. I respect the decision of the people. That said, for any government to sustain, uh, there has to be compatibility in terms of the programme for government. It has to be coherent. seems that we have now a three-party system, uh, three parties uh, all getting roughly the same number of votes, roughly the same number of seats, uh, and that is going to make uh, forming a government quite difficult. Indeed, it's not even clear uh, yet um, whether uh, any of the two parties together will have enough. So it's coming up to six o'clock, tea time or dinner time, depending on whatever your preference is on Sunday. Mary Minahan, you've been working the news desk. What do you make of it all? Yeah, uh, pretty exciting day, um, just in terms of what I'm actually doing at the minute I'm just looking at the pages that we are devoting to Sinn Féin tomorrow obviously taking up a big portion of the the newspaper because that is the the key story really the Sinn Féin surge so I, I suppose what I'm trying to do now is at this relatively early stage in terms of well I suppose we, we know the story but we don't have the numbers we mm. don't have the people elected yet you know if you look at our uh, online site now you can just see a very small number of green boxes there's only just a few people actually have got through the first count so I'm effectively trying to future proof our our pages for tomorrow like for example I've just gone through a story on Dublin Northwest where Desi Ellis is uh, is going to do really well. It's a huge vote. Yeah, massive vote, but again, nothing official at this stage. Uh, but the controversy earlier, uh, where he joined in with his supporters in, in singing various rebel songs, Come Out You Black and Tans, might have been heard there and so on. So I suppose it's like getting that, that story through the editing process and still having it look relatively fresh in the morning and uh, just making sure our pages don't look dated. That was Sunday evening. I spent the rest of the day running our live blog. The counts came in, several big names from other parties lost their seats. Earlier on, Regina Doherty, Fine Gael has lost her seat. It's, a, it's democracy. I, you have to accept that. And more and more Sinn Féin TDs were elected. As the votes of Paul Donnelly exceed... But it's really about what can we do if we get into government. If we can make a fundamental change and difference in people's lives then, you know, it doesn't really matter. It, it matters what we do and, and how we make change to people's lives. If we can't, there's just no point in being there. Um, and I think Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael have to start uh, listening to the people. So, Pat, here we are back in the Irish Times podcast studio. It's Monday morning. Uh, no shortage of things to talk about in terms of what's happened over the weekend. Maybe we should first go back to Saturday and ask how well the exit poll results were borne out by the final vote share of the three main parties. Yeah, people will remember when um, on Saturday night when the exit poll 
results were published by ourselves and RT. They're the two or the three main parties uh, on at uh, on a statistical tie at twenty two percent each. There was some slight variation in the uh, when you went to a first decimal place on that. So Fianna Fáil were on 22.2% for share of the first preference vote, Fianna Gael on 20.9%, so both those inside the margin of error of 1.3%. Sinn Féin slightly outside the margin of error, they got 24.5% on the um, uh, on the share of the vote. So that's, that's, slightly, uh, that's slightly above the margin of error. So we'll have a chat with the pollsters and see uh, see what happened there. Actually, this is very, very close to our final opinion poll mm. of the campaign, which had everybody on more or less bang on where they uh, where they were. So actually, all in a pretty good election for the pollsters. Certainly so the for the Irish Times pollsters. The question a lot of people have asked me over the last day or so is how do you explain the extraordinary meteoric turnaround in Sinn Féin's fortunes from the local and European elections last year and their poll standings last year to this result where they are now the most popular party in Ireland? I think it's going to take us some time to figure that out. But a couple of things I think it is worth, uh, it is worth saying is that it's never one thing. We look for simple answers to these very complex questions. Why did Sinn Féin suddenly surge? Here's a one-sentence answer that will tell you. Neither politics nor life works like that. So inevitably there was, I think, a few things contributing as, as, as sort of tributaries to that river of Sinn Féin support. There's no doubt that the party's campaign, and particularly its leader Mary Lou Macdonald, caught that mood for change. Uh, this was as much as we've mentioned before here, it was as much a, su- a surprise to Sinn Féin as to anybody else. And the hard evidence for that fact is that they were still trimming their tickets, removing people from tickets three weeks ago because they feared they were going to be running too many candidates. As it turns out, as we know, they ran far too few. But uh, no question but that Sinn Féin caught that mood for change, particularly on the housing question, where I think the contribution of its housing spokesman, Ono Brin, not just over the course of the campaign, but over the last number of years, as this issue grew in importance, particularly for those demographic groups that we saw on Saturday come out in such force for Sinn Féin. And that is, I think, one of the key vectors that enabled Sinn Féin to move into that, not they've always done well and you would expect them to do well in the under 30s, but to move into people in their 30s and in their 40s who came out for them in force and who have been squeezed by the housing problem. And I think that the work that Owen O'Brien has done and the uh, uh, and and his very strong identification as someone who is an authoritative voice on uh, on and a trenchant critic of the government's housing policy over the last couple of years, I think that was very important for them. Also, I think the final thing I would say, uh, and these are very much kind of preliminary takes on it, but the final thing I would say is that uh, the two issues, if you look back to last October, November, when Sinn Féin was at 14% in the polls as measured by Ipsos MRBI for us, and which was 
below their trend over the previous couple of years and we talked here in the early part of the campaign about Sinn Féin reverting, uh, reverting to the mean. But when they were back at that 14%, the party was under fierce domestic pressure here in Dublin and two of the things that it was under pressure on was all the uh, all the Brexit debates were taking place in in Westminster and Sinn Féin MPs were sitting on their hands. And it was, while it was never likely that Sinn Féin MPs were going to take their seats, they were under fierce pressure on the Brexit issue for that reason. The other issue is also related to Brexit, is that the uh, the Northern Assembly had been out of uh, out of commission at that stage for almost, almost three years, as we know. After Christmas, the Northern Assembly came back. And, and again, Sinn Féin, when Mary Lou Macdonald would get up to criticise Leo Varadkar and Micheál Martin in the Dáil, this was constantly thrown back at her, the fact that, you know, don't talk to us about Brexit, don't talk to us about the health service, don't talk to us about housing, when you are sitting on your hands and doing nothing about those problems in, in Northern Ireland by refusing to go back into the power-sharing assembly. In January, the power-sharing assembly was, was, uh, was set up again, and so that line of criticism of Sinn Féin was gone. The uh, issue of Brexit in Westminster was taken off the table because of the Conservative victory and the passage of the withdrawal agreement. So I think that those things helped Sinn Féin. But I'm sure there's lots of other reasons that we will discover through uh, examination and uh, appropriate rumination in the weeks ahead. And so now here we are, and obviously there are still a lot of seats to be filled, but I think we have a pretty good picture, give or take one or two seats, one direction or another, where we're more or less going to land up. And the reality is, is that Fianna Fáil have, through no uh, great activity of their own, are, are going to end up with the most seats because Sinn Féin failed to maximise their vote in terms of seats. But Sinn Féin are the largest party. If they'd run enough candidates, they would have been the largest party in the Dáil. Who has uh, the pressure on them to make the first move when it comes to government formation? Well, I think we'll see the first, we've already seen the first moves. Mary Lou Macdonald contacting Social Democrats and the Greens uh, yesterday. So I think we'll see that particular phase of this, what may be a lengthy process played out. But how real is in, that move, given uh, that any days? left combination is going to leave you 15, 20 seats short have, of a majority? It doesn't, it doesn't have the numbers. First rule of politics, you've got to be able to count, right? So that doesn't have the numbers. But there is a certain amount of sort of performative stuff that will go on over uh, over the coming days. And then I expect that either before or after the Dáil meets that Mary Lou Macdonald will seek to meet with Fianna Fáil and our Fianna Gael to discuss possible programmes for government. I just don't know yet how Fianna Fáil are going to play that. I think that Fianna Gael has made clear that it won't engage. I think lots of people in Fianna Gael would be content to go into opposition and let Fianna Fáil and Sinn Féin form a government. Sinn Féin says that that is what it wants. I have doubts as to whether it's in their strategic interest. And the one thing we know about Sinn Féin is that it always acts in its own strategic interest. But I think that the focus will increasingly come over uh, over the coming days on Fianna Fáil as to what it wants. And you can already see that conversation, that intra-party conversation beginning to break out in public, have no doubt that it's going on in private, as the party decides what it wants to do in terms of a government uh, a government partner. But what are its choices? Is, well, it, its a simple, choices is are, it a simple choice between Sinn Féin and Fine Gael? Well, at its most basic, it is. 
Yeah. And within the party itself, will there be certain divisions or certain camps? I've heard the likes of Eamon O'Queeve already saying he would psychologically be more amenable to a, to, a, to an arrangement with Sinn Féin. Yes, yeah, very acute divisions. It's a binary choice. At least it appears to me to be at now. It's a binary choice for the party. And there will be people in the Sinn Féin camp and there will be people in the Fine Gael camp. You've mentioned Eamon O'Queeve. There'll be others uh, There'll be others out as well. Jim O'Callaghan last night reiterated the objections that Micheál Martin has, uh, has talked about all through this election campaign and before it to doing any sort of a deal for Sinn Féin. But this election result has put Fianna Fáil and its leader in an extremely difficult position, one in which I think he's going to have to make very difficult choices. I think he came out last night and simply kept his options open. I think my gut is that that may have been slightly over-interpreted, but it's no doubt, there's no doubt that he hasn't actually ruled out Sinn Féin after the election, although he ruled them out before the election in very strong and very emotive terms. I've always been what, what is the moral question? Well, I think the, 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 fundamentally the Sinn Féin's justification for the IRA war is a continuing one. There never has really been any contrition. They also, to a large extent, they want to shove down the throats of a new generation, a propaganda, a narrative um, about the atrocities that were carried out, which in my view serves to poison future generations in terms of the, the whole issue of, I suppose, nationalism, uh, how we develop as a country, how we unite, reconcile. So, Pat, does that mean uh, Fianna Fáil, Sinn Féin coalition isn't going to happen? No, that's not what I'm saying, Hugh, to be honest. I don't know what is going to happen. Predicting, uh, uh, predicting things is very difficult, particularly the future, as, uh, as somebody said. My gut, however, and the politics as best I can read it at the moment, and remember that this formation of government dance is only beginning now, but as best I, as I can read it at the moment, I think it would be very, very difficult for Micheál Martin to lead his party into government with Sinn Féin. Uh, I just think, given what he has said, given what I think he believes about Sinn Féin, I wonder if he can possibly do that. But I was talking to one experienced Fianna Fáilor about this this morning who agreed with everything I said, and then he said, yeah, but look, this is Fianna Fáil. Thanks, Pat. Thanks to our producers, Declan Conlon and Suzanne Brennan. Thanks also to all the many people who participated in this particular podcast. Remember that you can subscribe to us on all the usual podcast platforms, also at irishtimes.com slash podcasts. Your views are most welcome. You can mail us at politicspodcast at irishtimes.com. You can find us on Twitter. And don't forget, we are continuing with our election daily podcast every evening, so that will be showing up on your feed a little later. So we'll be talking to you very soon.